So maybe Lagave, this topic that his mission is about, thanks, Gail. Lagabe, this topic, he knows. Because this is his area. Right? What, what Mrs. Diskin is saying. This is his area of shlichu, so it would make sense in a malach that he knows it all the way to the end. I mean, a malach can have certain different, the same malach can be, have a different shlichus. He can be appointed later for a right. different shlichus, although he would not get two at the same time. That's the klal. So they don't get the different shlichus simultaneously, but once a malach is done with one shlichus, then they can do another. So right now this is his shlichus, and l'chorah he sees to the end game, so to speak, of the shlichus, what's going to happen to Shimshon at the end. Okay, now the next part of the Middish will be a word of tefillah, which, which is recognizable to us, and see if you can make the connection where we see it as well. So the Malach appeared to Eishas Manoach and Eishas and Manoach himself davens because he wants to hear directly from this holy being, what he thinks is an Isha Elohim, he wants to hear directly, what are the rules here? What needs to be done for my wife, for, for, the, for the child? So Vayetar Manoach El Hashem, Manoach davens to Hashem, he uses the word Vayetar. Vayumar, and he says, Be Adoni, please Hashem, please send him back to me again or to us again so he can talk to us. Where do you see Vayatar in the Torah? Vayatar Yitzchak. Yitzchak Avinu. When he's praying for Rivka, who is an Akara. And then it says that Yitzchak is answered. So we're going to see a very similar thought from Chazal here as is stated over there by Yitzchak and why Davkit uses the word Vayatar. So what happens? Omar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish is the same person as Reish Lakish. So he says, Lama nimshula Why is the prayer of Sadiqim compared to, we would call it a pitchfork, where you take hay and you flip it over while you're winnowing or while you're processing the hay. So this eter tool, it flips over the hay from one side to the other. Lomar l'cha, to teach you, ma'ether zeh ma'hapech es ha'tavuah ba'gorem mimakam l'makam. Just as this ether, this pitchfork, it flips over the grain in the granary from place to place, it flips it over. Kach tefilas and shol tzadikim ma'hapchin midas achzorius l'midas rachmanus. So too, the tefilah of tzadikim transforms the midah of harshness. I don't want to use the word cruel here because we're talking about really Hashem's Mida, I, don't, I wouldn't call that cruel. I would say harsh. That it transforms the Mida of harshness into the Mida of Rachmanis. So it seems to me it's a similar topic that there Rivka Imenu is an Akara, she doesn't have children. Hashem answers Yitzchak's tefillah and that decree is turned over. She now becomes capable of giving birth. So here too, Manoach is davening and the decree is turned over. The shverkite I have with this, the difficulty is that it was already turned over. The Malach already told her that she's going to have a child. So I don't quite get what it means that the tefillah, unless it's somehow reflecting back on her or what the Malach already said to her, but we know that the decree was already lifted. We saw that last week. The Malach said to her, you're going to have a son. So I don't, I don't have that resolved, and I didn't see anything in the Mephorshim commenting on that. Okay, next one. 
So Hashem listened to Manoach. Manoach says, Hashem, please send him back. If you think about it, it's kind of unusual, right? Would you mind just sending him back again? <laughs> Hashem and, and Hashem answers. Why did the Malach return to his wife, Hatzlalponi, and not to Manoach himself? So we discussed this a little bit last week about him appearing to her, but now, being that he is coming back as a result of Manoach's tefillah, shouldn't he come back to Manoach? But he doesn't. He comes back to Asha's Manoach. So why is that the case? So the Midrash says two things. Number one, Shalo livsol devarav harishonim sh'omar lo isha. So it's not to apostle, not to invalidate the first words that he said to his wife, to Asha's Manoah. What does that mean? What's invalidating about it? So take a look on the left side, from the top, the Pirush of the Maharzu we've seen a couple of times. Go about eight lines down, and it says, Shalo Livsol Devorev. Not to apostle, not to invalidate his earlier words. So he appears to her, and not to him, because if he appears to him, it will somehow apostle his earlier words. How? So the Maharzu says, If the second time he would have appeared to Manoach, and not Eshes Manoach, and would then command him all those same things and restrictions about a Nazir, then everything he would have said the first time around would be for nothing. If he's repeating it, so why did he have to come the first time? So it's not proper. It's not proper for a Moloch to come back and say it a second time, and Ke'ilu, he never said his first words like they're nothing. So if he comes back to Manoach, that means the whole first appearance to Eshes Manoach is unnecessary. That's not right. So therefore, al kain gam b'pam hasheni omar mikol asher amarti el ho'isha tishamer. That's why the Malach says, everything I told to your wife, make sure to keep that. So what's he doing? Confirming. Not, not changing, not postling. Not saying, okay, forget what I said before, but this is what I say now. No, rather, I'm confirming what I said before. That's okay. And that's why he appears to Manoah, sorry, to Asha's Manoah, not to Manoah. Yeah, Mrs. Rand, please. Well, he could, the mom could say, you should listen to your wife, but it still could say he came to Manoah because he came for him. Oh, in other words, by simply coming to Manoah and saying, listen to her, right? Without going through the whole thing again. So I, I wonder this, I, I hear the question, because he seems to have to say all of the rules over again, he doesn't just say, listen to your wife. But he actually states the rules again. And he has to go through them again. That would be the repetition. That would be the problem. But your question still stands, why couldn't he just have appeared to Manoach and not state the rules and just say everything I told to your wife? But we have an answer for that. Because a little later on, the, the Midrash is going to say that Manoach wanted to be Mavarer Eshad Devorim. He wanted to absolutely clarify the rules and regulations. So he really was asking, let me hear it again. 
just to make sure that we got this straight. We have to be very careful, even from the womb. Eshes Manoach has to conduct herself like she's a Nazira already. So they want to be extremely careful. So L'chore, being that the regulations needed to be repeated, and it wouldn't be sufficient just to say, listen to what I told her, that would indeed possible the first Navua. Why was it necessary if you're going to say the, the same thing all over again? Maybe that's a mahalach to look at it in that way. Okay, any questions? Please. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 She said she got it from a Right. 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 But she, but he, but she said the details. But just, I'm, I was answering uh, this question. Yeah, it's a little unusual, and the midrash actually says that a little later that he wasn't quite sure that she got it exactly right. And you, so, yeah, there's something about that. I agree. It's slightly bothersome. You know, so you know, you can say, well, you know, she's she's the wife. She has to run around and take care of the household and things. You know, maybe she's getting busy, but that doesn't quite stack up to me. You know, she's doing all these other things. She's getting distracted. I don't know. I can't. I can't hear that. And also, it's not. It's not like she has a house full of kids here that she's got to run back and do. You know, she doesn't have any children. You know, so look, there's plenty to do without that as well. There's plenty to do to take care of a home, as we all know. Just looking for practical answers, but I don't know. It kind of begs the question. She was zocha to it, right? Yeah, she was. And you know, it's interesting because we'll see at the bottom. I'll just hold off on it. That somehow the midrash does not quite look at it that way. All right, so let's get to it and see. Please, Mrs. Fan. Honey, a mouth appeared to me. Right. You want confirmation? But she's an isha kedosha. She's. Oh, what? She means she. You're saying she wants or he wants. Right, he, he does. Right, he wants to make sure. It's not your everyday occurrence, right? Let's just make sure, right? Okay, I mean, yeah, Kane's Zion, it's a little hard to hear. Yeah, Dory, please, yeah. Right, she's just holding on to certain regulations because the baby in her womb is a Nazir Minhabetan. She's not really a Nazira. And a woman can do that? Yes. A woman can become a Nazira. There's a Nazir and a Nazira. Absolutely, she can be a Nazira too. Mm-hmm. Even though it's stated in the male, but that's usually the Derech HaTorah is to say that which is more common. So just more common for a man to become a Nazir than a woman, but she can. Yeah, Jody, please. I was going to ask if there are other examples of women. I can't think of one. I don't know, you know of any example off the top of my head where a woman is a Nazira. I can't think of that. You have a few examples in the, in the Navi where a man is. No, Avshalom, Avshalom. So you have an example, but I can't think of a, an example for a woman. And also, and yeah, she's not in the zero. She's just living by those standards right now, because whatever she's doing transfers to the baby in, you know, in utero. What the mom eats affects the baby, as we all know, right? Especially as you all know. Okay. So let's go a little weiter in the Midrash. So that was one reason he appeared to Manoach as opposed to Eshes Manoach. Dover Acher, another reason why he appeared again to her, Kidei Lechabava Be'enov, in order to make her more precious in Manoach's eyes. Okay, now take a look at the, I want to see here, the, uh, the Eitz Yosef, the commentary on the right side. 
and it's easier to go from the bottom. It's about 15 lines up, right next to where it says Yidei Moshe in the, in the margin. It says Kedei L'chabava. So to make her more precious to her husband. How? Shayada ma'alasa, because now he really knows her Maila, right, her great stature. Shala, sorry, Hamaila Shala. Sorry. Shayada ma'alasa. Shala nisra'e velolo. He appeared to her and not to him. Now I want to tell you why I think this is beautiful. There's no jealousy here. So maybe you'd think, you know, oh, you know, he, this great person appeared to my wife, and he's st- feeling a little jealous. That, wow, she got to have that, and not me. And he's a great man, like we saw last week. No, not at all. It just makes her more dear to her husband, because he even appreciates her stature more. I really like that, because, you know, sometimes there's competition between spouses. It's not an unheard of thing. I was talking about last week, um, with Mrs. Rosenbaum that you know, we say from the Chacham a person is jealous of everybody except their child and their student because you, I'm sorry their child and their student yes why? because you want to see those people outgrow you we want to see our kids become greater than us but interesting the Chachamim does not say your spouse they don't say that so Lechorah there's something there there's some kind of little competition sometime between husband and wife. They don't say that. Just Talmida Ubeno. So this is showing, I think, the godless of Manoach in this instance that he has no kina whatsoever. He's very happy that his wife, Nochamal, you know, got an appearance from this Ishuel Okin. Wow, what an amazing person I'm married to. Beautiful Chazal. Okay, we'll go a little weiter. This is just full of, full of lessons, like one after the other over here. Now, So the woman hurries up and she runs. She's running to tell Manoah. It tells us that Sadikim do all the things that they do with Mihirus quickly, but we would say more so with motivation, alacrity. Zrizus. They're moving along. Now take a look here at a beautiful HCO safe right after the one we just completed. Hatsadikim bimihirus on the right side there, about 15 lines up. All their maestim are with mihirus. Now he takes a general principle out of this. Kihem tsoadim tamid el hashlemus bimihirus. Because they're constantly stepping forward to shlemus in life, quickly, with motivation. Beliat Saltayim, without any laziness. So these are people who are filled with motivation, L'Shem Shemaim. And everything they're doing is L'Shem Shemaim. It's a tremendous madrega. Nothing else is getting mixed up in their behavior that could kind of slow, slow somebody down. All the distractions that we have internally, externally, they're moving along, moving along. So their maisim are with Mihirus because, I want to say that line again, it's so beautiful, from the Eitz Yosef, they're always stepping forward, moving forward to Shlemus. So yeah, let's get a move on here. No need to drag things on. I want to tell you a quick story about this. Many years ago, 1984, 
Uh, my wife and I were in Eretz Yisrael, and I went to go see the Amshin of Rabbi Shlita. It was an Adam Kadosh, a very great man. And I went to see him, and you had to wait up till wee hours in the morning when he would see people, and he keeps very unusual hours. So I came into the room, and I asked him a few questions. We asked for, I asked for a bracha, and then I asked him a particular question. And when I came into the room, he was very much bimesinus, very patient and calm. I came into the room, and he like motions to the chair, and he's listening to me extremely carefully, ozen koshevis, like listening. Then I asked him this question, and he says an answer, and then he says, I want to show it to you in the Or HaChayim HaKadosh. And he bolts out of his chair, like boom, he almost like knocked the table over, and he runs to his bookshelf, runs, gets the safer, and starts like this, like with the safer, like fast, you know, fast, 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 fast gets to the place he's looking for, brings it to me, runs back, and then, calm. So I'm thinking, what's going on here? What just happened? A lightning bolt just happened. So I had two machshavas on it. One is that he did, not, he did not want to waste a second. When you're talking to another person, you have to be patient, kind, show interest, listen. Messinus is talking to me. But when it, when it comes to getting a safer off the shelf, well, if it can take five seconds, why should it take 15? So he ran and he ran, he's running. But once he's done with that and he's back to me, okay, now, Bimacinus. That's the thought that I had. Why, why, race, why waste 10 seconds? And my brother, who also learned many years ago in Gush Etzion and Eretzisro under Rav Lichtenstein, he, he told me, he remembered, in those years, I don't know if it was later, but in those years, when, when the Rosh Hashiva used to get a safer from the bookshelf, he would hurry. He would hurry to the bookshelf and come back. He wouldn't just walk. The other mafshav I had on that is this, that they're moving along, right? They're involved with a relationship with Hashem. So boom, boom, boom. And he gets the safer and puts it down. Now, I once met a Talmud fairly recently of the Amshanava Rebbe, one of his Hasidim. He was at our house for a Shavu last year. And I kind of wanted to check myself out and say, because I don't really know him, I just saw him a couple of times. And I told him my uh, interpretation. Do you think I'm right that he was just not, not wanting to wait, waste a second? Is that why he did that? I told him the story. He said, definitely. That's how he is. He will not waste one second of time. Please, Marlene. Another thing I'm getting from this yeah. Right. And listening right. attentively. Too often we get busy with what we're doing mm-hmm. and we rush through our interactions mm-hmm. with, with people. Stuff. But obviously that was That's worthwhile. That's right. As, you know, right. Not making another person feel they're unimportant or I got to hurry through this conversation. Yeah, I think that was most definitely a big part of the message there. When you're talking to another person right in front of you, be patient, listen. Yeah. You have been just embodied that. Oh, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Now, next part. We're four lines up from the bottom there. So, he came by day to me. 
So bayom, by day. Eino omer hayom, the Navi doesn't say this day, elabayom, but rather by day, or on the day. What's the deal? Melamed shelo nira hamalach elo ad that it shows us, it teaches us that the Malach did not reappear to her until the next day. If it would have said Hayom, that means this day, he's coming back, Hayom, on the same day that we're talking about. But it says Bayom, that means the daytime, that's the next day. Why? Because Manoach didn't make that tefillah to Hashem, please send this Ish Elohim back until the next morning's davening in Shacharis. So following that tefillah, the Malach came back. So it's almost like things are being held here in abeyance until he says his prayer, his tefillah, Vayetar, and then the Malach comes back. As it says, Hashem boker tishma koli. Hashem listens to my voice in the morning. That's from Davin HaMelech. And the last part, It teaches us that Sadiqim want to clarify exactly what is happening. It's going back to the same topic with Mrs. Fran and Mrs. Sugar, like why was it necessary for him to come back? Because he, he held, he had to be Mavara this. Is this exactly what we're supposed to do? So take a look at the very last H. Yosef on the right side. That Manoach and that the Malach would come back to him. And did not, I'm going to say completely, have faith in her words. This Debbie, this is Mamish, your question. Didn't Manoach know the Tamimus of her deeds and her righteousness? She's a great woman. She wouldn't lie? Of course she wouldn't. Absolutely she wouldn't. And he knows that and he appreciates that. Ah, but But the tzaddikim have to be 100% certain as we'll conclude shortly. So for him, yeah, yes, I heard it from my great, righteous, and holy wife, but I just need to make sure. Okay, so I still think, you know, that could leave us a little uncomfortable. Why didn't he believe it exactly as she said it? Well, it wasn't about her. He knew she was a Tzadikist. It was about him. Just want to make sure I got this straight. Let me hear it directly from the source. Not secondhand. Okay. We're going to turn the page. And we're going to go quite a bit down the page. I'm going to leave out the next part. Please, Linda. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the lessons of Nazir are I, th- I think the difference here is that the fact that he's a Nazar Mibeten, 
Like that's unusual, the idea that you're not an another from the womb. So he needs to hear not only the guidelines for Shimshon, but also the guidelines for his wife. That's the unusual part of this. Why does she have guidelines? She's not in Nazira. So perhaps, I don't think it's because of the difference in the obligation. I don't think so. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Manoah himself. Correct. But, but he's her husband. He's got him. He wants to be on board and make sure that she follows the rules correctly. Yeah, Mrs. Fan, please. Um, you might have missed it because I wasn't here please. last week, but he, he called it Tzadik. Yes. Now, there were two opinions in the Gemara we saw. One opinion is that he was an Amoritz. There's an opinion he was an Amoritz. So the question was, so, you know, how, how could he be Zochad to see this Malaf if he's an Amoritz? Because it might have been him, but it was her. And the, the commentary there said, because yes, he was an Amon Oritz, but he was Sholem B'midosav. So a, a, a real mention of Amidos Tovos, now, which we took as a beautiful lesson. can be a Tzaddik, like, as well. The other opinion is that he was a, he was a Talmud Chacham, so two opinions on this. But either way, he was a Tzaddik. Okay, yeah, please, Elka. Yeah. Right. Gevura Din, right? And sometimes we do we do see that, like on Rosh Hashanah when we blow the shofar, that Hashem gets up from the kisei shel Din, and sits on the kisei shorachamim. So I think the idea here is I'm just speculating. It's the way we experience it. And he uses a strong word, axorius, right? So a woman who's not having children, that's such a horrible, difficult thing to go through, such a hard, painful thing. To her, it feels cruel. So I, th- I think we're talking about the human experience of it. Because Hashem is not cruel. It's no. Dean, but it's not cruel. Right. Right. And do we have any idea how old she was? Or how old I don't know how old she was. No, I don't know. I didn't see anything about how many years they were married, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay, now on the next page, we're going to be where the wide lines start, which is about a third of the way down. Go one, two, three, four. Four lines down into the wide lines. Okay, some more drushos with, le- with lessons. Vayomer Manoach, a Malach Hashem. So Manoach said to the Malach of Hashem, can we stop you here? Will you stay with us? Will you hold on a minute like Otser, Atseres? Because they got this wonderful news and Manoach wants to do something nice. Can you just stay with us for a little bit? Omar lo Manoach. So what's this word Na'atsur? There's connotations in this word. And there's a double meaning to it. Atsurim Hayinu, the first thing he says, he's hinting to the fact that they were Atsurim, they were childless, held back from having children. Kamadatema, like for example, in Bereshis, when Sarah Imenu was taken by Avimelech, it says in the Torah, Ki Otsur Atsar Hashem Ba'ad Kol Rechem, that Hashem closed up all the wombs of the people in Avimelech's country in Geror. Nobody could give birth. 
They were plagued by that because he took Sarah. And he uses that word, Otsor Otsar. So we see there that word Na'atsra implies being held back from having children. Now, the, the second part of that, Va'ata bisartanu, back in, yeah, in the Middish, Va'ata bisartanu baharvacha, and now you gave us this good news of Revach. We're going to feel better, we're going to be answered, we're going to have a child. So, Na'asa'im chayomtov, we want to make a yomtov with you. I want to celebrate with you for giving us this great news. Kamad the Tema, as it says in the Torah, Bayom Hashmini Atzeres Tihiyelachem. Same word, Atzeres, which means there a celebration of Yamtef, Shmini Atzeres. So that word Atzor implies they were held back from having children, and now they're answered, and now Atzar, Atzeres, let's celebrate together Atzeres Tihiyelachem. Same word, both connotations. Very fascinating. What the Swarim HaKadoshim say on the word Atzeres in general regarding both Shavuos and Shemini Atzeres is that we're gathering in all the Kedusha and the Simcha of the Yant and we're holding on to it. That's the word Atzeres there. We're just bringing it all in and trying to internalize it. So here, two connotations. Held back from having children and celebration on the good news. Now, Vaitra in the Midrash, We like to make for you, or before you, a goat, a gidi'izim. We're about 15 lines up from the bottom of the page. A gidi'izim, they want to make a korban and share the meat with him. So they're saying to him, You made us happy. So we want to make you happy with a gidi'izim. Because there's a claw that there's only simcha with the consumption of meat, in particular, basar shlamim. So the Malach says to him, If you hold me back, I'm not going to eat with you. I'm not going to eat your bread. So the Malach says to him, Now remember, Manoach is under the impression that this is an, a Navi. A Navi, still. She knows it's a Malach. We saw that last week, but she's being humble. She doesn't want to say, I saw a Malach. But he doesn't know yet. So the Malach answers him, Ki'ilu, he is a Navi. And he says, Ein derech Hashem al It is not the way of true prophets to Hashem to take any reward or gifts for their nevuah. We don't do that. That's your nevuah. I don't need anything. I'm not here for gifts. What does it say by Nevi'eh Sheker? Now this comes from Yechezkel, and it's a parak there in the Navi, Yechezkel, a very harsh criticism on the Nevi'eh Sheker, the false prophets, which we were plagued by in those eras. So it says, osi. This is Yechezkel speaking, so to speak, on behalf of Hashem. And they defiled me, El Ami, to my nation, Bisha'alei Sa'orim, with handfuls of barley, Lechem, and with crumbs of bread. Meaning the Nevi'eh Sheker were looking for, give me something for what I just told you. Right, here's a Nevuah, here's a prophecy, now let me have something. Like groveling. So that's Nevi'eh Sheker. Avol b'Nevi'eh Emes, Mahu Omer. What does it say about Nevi'eh Emes? 
And this is a quote from Elisha Hanavi. Vayomer, Chai Hashem, Asher Amadi Telefonav, Imekach. By the life of God, I would never take anything from you. Now the context there is Naaman, who's the general of Aram, and he's plagued by leprosy, he's in a lot of pain. He goes finally to Elisha for a refua. Elisha says to him, go dip in the Jordan River, in the Yardain, seven times you'll be healed. He kind of makes fun of Elisha, and then his people say to him, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he actually is tovel, and he's healed. And he's, and he's completely inspired, and he wants to give Elisha a gift. And Elisha says, no, I will never take anything from you. From there we see that in the VAMS, they don't take gifts. Now there's a commentary here on the side of the page. I'm going to say it outside just for the sake of time. And on the left side of the page, it, it brings down a few examples where Naveem did take things from people. By Elisha one time, by Shmuel Hanavi one time. So why were they taking when it says, Nevi'e Hashem, don't do that? So he answers the Eitz Yosef that they would take for their Talmudim, for their students. They would not take for themselves. So food for the guys? Okay, oh, that's all right. And they would take gifts and give it to their students. That was all right. It reminds me very much, although it doesn't bring it here in the commentary, when the king of Sodom wanted to pay back Avraham. You're thinking about that, Dori? Yeah. Avraham Avinu? Avraham says, no, nothing for me, but all these people who came along with me, you can pay them their share. So for others, yes. For others, fine. Why would I take away benefit from other people? Give to all my students, all my, my soldiers here. Give to them, but not to me. So that's the precedent there. Linda, please. Took for himself. I'm sorry? Took for so he's saying, and I, I believe it's the same thing that you're talking about, that he took it, but he gave it to his Talmudian. That's the instance that we're talking about. What are you referring it's to? Elisha. Yeah, it's Elisha. What's that? Oh, okay, meaning in, in her house. Yeah. Okay, that's hospitality. He did not come to her at that point and offer her any nevuah yet. She's, she's offering him hospitality. That's a mitzvah. You keep on the receiving end of a mitzvah. But to take a gift of payment because you just said to somebody a nevuah, that we don't do. So he doesn't say, here's your nevuah, and she says, okay, now you can stay by my house. He was a guest. And she saw, he's Isha Elohim. Let's make a nice place for him. That's okay. She wasn't paying him for prophecy. And also, if anybody yeah. knew this, then why were we played by them? Like, the Nevi'e Sheker? Yeah. They were very powerful uh, people, very uh, persuasive people. It was not so clear who was who. Now, we're looking back, and in, in hindsight, you know, we can see but as always, when you're living in their time, you know, you know who's MS, who's Shekhar? Not so easy to tell. Pardon me? But still, you know, people, you know, people are people. Now we know it. Right, but say it again. Now we know it. Yeah, and, and from, our, from our side. But when you're in there, it's hard, hard to tell. And sometimes they did, they did take. So they were taking for their students, not for themselves. It could be a little confusing for people. Yeah, Debbie, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering uh, a long time ago, I guess I have no idea she was with Alicia, that uh, you're also an Etsy Virgin Mass class, right? Yeah. So I remember once Alicia said, don't take, and the Nuggie walked somebody, and he took. Gehazi. Gehazi. Right. 
That's, that's, this, this, that's incident. This is this incident. Yeah, Naaman wanted to give to Elisha. Elisha said no. But Gehazi, who was uh, Russia, you know. Correct. So he ran after them, Gehazi, and said, you guys are going to give a gift, you know. Vavakishai puts out his hat, you know. And they gave him, and then he comes back to Elisha. Elisha, obviously being a nub, he knows what happened. And he said, you and your children for the rest of time will be lepers. Yeah. Yeah. And that would make sense then that he would give to Gehazi, right? How would, how would he know? And also, he's a Talmud, he's not the Novi himself. Okay, we'll take one more little piece here because uh, the lessons keep on rolling from this one. Okay, so go to the next page. Let's see which one, which one we're going to do. I'll just speak out one more. Then we're going to go to the bottom, the very bottom of the page where it says the first wide line so just before we say that the malachim ate by Avraham Avinu right? why did this malach not eat by Eshes Manoach and Manoach so it's a similar thing the commentary says that this malach had already given his nevuah that you will be blessed with a child so therefore, he doesn't want to take anything because that appears like payment for the nevuah. When the malachim came to Avram Avinu, they hadn't said anything yet. And he said, come to my house, I'll give you food, I'll give you a drink. Okay, that's fine. That, again, that's hachnosis archi. There was no nevuah yet, so that wasn't considered payment for a nevuah. And that also is consistent with this. Just wanted to bring that out. Okay, now the last part. So you might remember there from last week's Torah. Manoach wants to know his name. What's your name? And Manoach still does not know he's a Malach. He doesn't know that until that mind-boggling moment when the Malach jumps onto the flame and goes up to Shemaim. Can you imagine that? Like, whoa, what just happened? You know? He doesn't know that until then. His wife knows, but he doesn't. So the Malach, he said to the Malach, I'm sorry, the Malach said to him, why do you need, why are you asking me my name? So reminiscent of Yaakov Avinu and the Malach as well, right? Omar lo hamal, the Malach said, Ein at sorich leidashmi, you don't need to know my name. She'ein sovcha she'tireini od la'olam, because you're never going to see me again. The implication was that he wanted to know his name so that when they were blessed with a child, he could go find him and give him a, give him a big thank you and a present. He wanted to know, okay, who are you? And then nine months from now, I'm going to go and give you a nice present. So the moth says to him, you're never going to see me again. Hadahu deceive, vahu peli. That's what the moth says. Why do you ask my name? It is peli, which means like a pella, hidden, wondrous, apart. So three pshatim that the Midrash says, al atzmo omar lo. The first pshat is that the Malach was speaking about himself, shehu yihiye mimenu, that I'm going to be hidden from you. You're never going to see me again. Shlo yirenu od olam. Kama detema, so here's a raya for this shita, palia da'as mimeni, that's David HaMelech, knowledge is hidden from me. What's the word palia? So sometimes the word plia, pella, can mean hidden, concealed, set apart. That's the first pshat. Why do you ask my name? It's hidden and you're never going to see me again. Dover acher, another pshat. 
Vahu peli. What does it mean? Amar lo hamalach. The malach says, Eini yodeya lomar lochashimi. I don't even know what my name is. I can't tell you what my name is. Shalafi hashlichus shesholeach hakadosh baruch hu osanu kore lanu shem. Our name always depends on the shlichus that we're given. When I give this shlichus, this is my name. Another shlichus, because we learn once the shlichus is over, you can have another one, different name. The commentary here says, except for the big malachim who always are doing their shlichus, Michael, Gabriel, Rafa. Is that what you were going to say, Mrs. Fran? Yeah, so right there in the Etziosa, that very last one there, I'll say it right there. The, va- the last Etziosa on the right side of the page, middle of the page. Ki Hashem Hurak Paula, because the name is according to what they're doing. And these malachim don't have a fixed action. That they'll always be called this name. So he said, don't ask me my name. I don't know my name. Today I'm this, tomorrow I'm that, next day I'm that. I don't know my name. Now the Etiosa says, But there are malachim who have a constant name. Michoel, Gavriel, Uchidome. These malachim here, the one that appeared to Manoach, I'm sorry, Manoach's wife, he was one of the kind of malachim where he had a certain job and the job's over and he does another job. That's going to fluctuate. Michal, Gabriel, Rafal, always constant. Chesed, Din, Rachamim, that's what they're doing. Their name is always the same. Okay, that's the second shot. Now, one more shot, the third one. Dover Acher. We're about three lines up from the bottom. Vahu peli. And it is pela. Sam shemo hamalach peli. Now he's saying, that is my name. My name is peli. Completely different shot, right? And this is my name, peli. Why? Lefi shalichu sohuba. Consistent with the previous shot, because the name is according to the mission. Lahazir as Shimshon, and what's his mission? To make Shimshon a Nazir. Kamaditema, as it says, Ki Nazir Elohim Naar, he will be a Nazir from the womb. Lakach Kora Shemo Peli, that's why his name is Peli. Kiinyan Shamar Hakasuv, as it says in the Torah about a Nazir, Ish O Isha Ki Yafli. When a man or a woman make that vow to become a Nazir. And what's the word they use for a Nazir's vow? Yafli, Pele. So his name Peli is about the mission he's on, which is about to make Shimshon a Nazir, Lahafli, as Shimshon. Right, beautiful. So he's saying, that's my name, according to, according to my mission. Just want to say if on the last point that we all have different missions in life. We have an overall mission, an overall tafkid, and in that respect, you know, we're constant. We're heading toward our shlemus, the 220, Bezras Hashem. Then also we have these little miniature missions in life. You do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. And it seems like it fluctuates from one job to another. But the main thing is, like the Mala said, to be consistent with our mission. Our overall mission and also with our various small missions the small journeys that we take to fulfill our tafkid, Bezras Hashem, in each chalik of our life. Have a great day, everybody. Yashur Kalach and a wonderful week.
Yeah, next week we're still teaching. Yeah, I think we got. I think we have two weeks left. I think two weeks left. Yeah. And you're welcome to take this photocopy if you like. Otherwise, just leave it and we'll pick it up. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Ben.